Kaisado could combine for 350 points in the regular season. If the team can't keep the puck out of their net in the playoffs, I don't care if it's a goalie or nurse or CC or defense or dry saddle minus four Yamamoto, whatever. Until they learn how to keep the puck out of their own bloody net, it's going to be the same thing over and over again. You just need to get down like 2.75 goals against. Even three, three and a half ain't going to cut it, man. It's just... Well, and, and certainly if a goaltender that that plays better, in, I mean, again, this isn't baseball, but if you're paying a guy to, and you don't have the confidence or reliability to say, hey, you're going to get the start in 24, 48 or whatever hours time, and you, and you can't hack it, well, that's, that's far from ideal. I mean, obviously, but what do you do then moving forward? Like, that's going to have to be... I, I don't think we 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 could we could carve up Campbell's physical play as we did during the season and you know the game against LA he was outstanding and everything but if it's between the ears I mean you better start looking at that during the summer here and kind of being the guy that that you need to be relied on making that price point because I think if he's like even to have the faith to say yeah you know you know what yeah I will because you know he's shown me good stuff like that. At least then, I mean, and then the teams bought in, you know, that there isn't any second guessing or whatever. Quite clearly, the faith wasn't there from the beginning, and it was easier to put him in a relief relief role, but that's 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 not what you're doing here at all either. He's getting paid money to be a, a starter or a 1A, 1B, or whatever kind of tandem you want to roll with. But if you can't have the confidence to start him in a playoff game, elimination or not, I, you don't deserve to be at this stage, I guess you could say. You could argue. What do you got? Here's up in the inbox at 10, 12, 60. And it's not, uh, the goaltending obviously is going to be a big part of any sort of team being eliminated. Um, and I said that, that that shouldn't surprise us. Like We should not be surprised that the Edmonton Oilers went out because of poor defensive play and, uh, and some lackluster goaltending. We should be surprised that one of the reasons they went out was they got nothing from Kane, Nuge, Hyman and Dreisaitl over the last four games of this series. And that blows my mind. I, can, I can't believe that we actually have to say that because I never would have thought that would have been a thing. And the main strength of this team, right, down the stretch, and we talk about the historic numbers that it put up, was the power play. And we did going into the Stanley Cup playoffs say, ooh, but ooh, whistles go away or whistles or whatever, things change. Well, they're 0 for 1 last night. So if, that's, if, that, if you're relying so heavily on that strength, which is never a given night in, night out, these these things could happen as well. All right, let's get into hour number four here. Uh, your thoughts on all of it to the inbox at ten twelve sixty. I'm opening up the phone lines if you want to have the conversation. We never do hour four phones. Weird. What is this? To be honest with you, I'm not even sure I want to, but I do like to hear from you. Seven eight zero triple four twelve sixty seven eight zero four 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 one two six zero, or you can wait and get in when we uh, start hour number four. We're gonna hear what Connor McDavid had to say after the game last night as well. That's all on the way. Uh, Dave Jamison, low tide. Oh, poor low tide. Low tide's gonna be heartbroken today. Oh, God, I had to give that guy a hug. Uh, low tide, Awanik and Jamo on the air at ten o'clock this morning. Nielsen, Joe Dustin Nielsen, and Lieutenant Eric with you. Post-mortem on the Oilers uh, being eliminated in six, losing on home ice to the Golden Knights, dropping games five 
and games six and lots to uh, i mean there's there's a ton to discuss from this the inbox is absolutely getting pounded this morning um and we'll we'll continue to get to those i thought this was uh this was a pretty good one but a lot of you probably feel this way morning my disappointment is the drop off in play after game four i really thought i was watching the champions the hitting was a product and the evidence of speed and intensity the energy was palpable I was concerned after 10 minutes in each of the last two games. We were watching the team from earlier in the season. Figure it out. That's in from BT. BT's right. Watch game four. Watch game four and you're like, oh, man, look at the Oilers here. Look at this. They are out. They came out flying. They were hitting everything. And you watch that game. You thought, okay, you know, this, is, this, is, this is their series to lose. And then that just wasn't there in the, uh, the last couple of games. Guys, people thinking Campbell is some hero that would have won the game last night. The way the Oilers played, they lost no matter who was in net. I don't think anybody's calling him a hero, but to not have that legit option when, oh. you, when you may need it or when you like to, to just to, to figure you're going in with a goaltender that's meh and then a goaltender that's just going to play reliever role mm. and think you're going to like. You're not going anywhere. No, with the that whole type discussion was we were debating yeah. if they had zero faith in him because I said they did. Shoggy didn't think they had zero faith in him, and I thought it was pretty evident that they had zero faith in uh, Jack Campbell. Uh, all right, um, who we got? Playoff Al. Playoff Al has been waiting. If you want to grab a phone line, let's have this conversation. Uh, you know, what disappointed you the most about this thing? You know, the Oilers going out on lackluster goaltending and overall. It wasn't even like they played poorly defensively all the time. They just have these breakdowns that kill them. And sometimes in those situations, you need a goalie to step up and make the save for you. But we kind of expected that to be the path to eventual elimination. Not having guys in the top six produce just blows my mind. That one, I just I can't wrap my head around. It doesn't make any sense after what they were able to accomplish um, during the regular season offensively. Nuge, nothing. Kane, nothing. Hyman, fighting obviously through something was better than the other two. And well, Yamamoto is just a placeholder until they find somebody else who can play in the top six, in my opinion. 780-444-1260. Let's go to playoff Al. If you want to grab a line, get in right now. Playoff Al, thanks for waiting, man. You're on the air. Hey man, how you doing, Nasty? Ah, we're doing all right, buddy. Um, well, you know, I think a lot of what, uh, what you said, Dusty, I think I kind of concur with here. I think I can stomach a loss what I have a really hard time understanding is how they lost and how this team could have been so Jekyll and Hyde, even against the Kings, right? I mean, this wasn't, it was a six game series win against LA, but there are times they just look flat out disinterested at times playing, thinking that, you know, their power play and just by showing up whenever they wanted to turn it on, that would be good enough to win. And, uh, you know, something uh, something Rashad mentioned this morning really really stood out for me. Like, you know, a lot of the players look devastated in their exit interviews as well. They should because they didn't, uh, you know, this is a tough loss. But you're not going to get very many chances to learn from and apply those lessons. And this year, with the season so many of the players had and the pathway to the final opening up the way they did with Colorado out and Boston out, I mean, any team that's made it to the final eight is a good team, but this was, I think, the best chance the Oilers might have in the McDavid Drysidle era with this current core to go all the way, and they didn't get it done. And with all the same problems plaguing this team with the way they played, you know, 
disinterested in their back end. I agree. Like, Leon's my boy. I'm not going to pin this loss on him. But he went invisible, and that's very un-Leon Dreisaitl-like in the postseason. So I don't know what the answer is, but those players really need to take a good, long, hard look in their, at themselves in the mirror because I'm worried that we I, – I just hope we don't follow down the road of the Winnipeg Jets because they had – they trajected up for a while. They made a Final Four appearance, and many people around the country picked them as Canada's next best hope. Um, and they looked great on paper, and, well, we know how that all turned out. So I I think for the first time in a really, really, really long time, I'm actually quite brutally disappointed in the Oilers. All right, man, thanks for the call. That's playoff, Val. The, the one thing where I think it would be a little bit interest, uh, different here, and, the, and he's right, remember that Hockey News cover, like Winnipeg Jets, your 2021 Stanley Cup champions, and they a good you know, Winnipeg, Winnipeg's leadership group, I've kind of completely fallen apart. I don't think that's going to happen here in Edmonton. Um, you know, do we look back on this five years from now and they weren't able to get one? Do we look back on this and go, ah, man, that was probably the best crack at it, and they let it slip away? Doesn't have to I be, mean, though. That, that, that's not a long way to go yeah, here with yeah. this group, right? Um, they had the last year was that, oh, man, look what we accomplished. We got to the conference final and lost to the team that eventually rolled over everybody and won yeah, the Stanley Cup. Yeah. That really wasn't disappointment. That was a step in the right direction. That was a, this, this is disappointment. This is a different feeling for that group of guys compared to last year. 100%. But it's not the so end see of see how they handle this. Not the end of the contractual tale with a lot of players. Like, this isn't no. the last. So, yeah, there's time here. But you just, Not as much as there was <laughs> a year ago, but there's still time we, with this group. We will not say patience on this yeah, show, though. Exactly. We? Let's go to uh, Greg. Greg, you want to start between the pipes? Yeah, I... I just, uh, I didn't get to see game five, but uh, I just kind of thought Skinner, he wasn't able to come up and make the save that we kind of needed, you know, like when it was 3-2 last night, you know, I, he needed that Marcia so save. We needed to just be down one goal going in the third there. And I, I just, I don't think the Oilers played bad myself. I, I thought they were fine. It was just kind of, we didn't get the saves when we needed it. And if Probably they should have started Campbell. I was thinking that after game five that probably Campbell should get a shot here. But I can see that why he didn't because they were saying Skinner is their starter, you know. But just hindsight's easy to say Campbell probably should have started game six. But All right, man. Thanks for the call. Yeah, I, think, I mean, hindsight, whatever. I just uh, I don't think they started Stuart Skinner in game six so much that they're like, ah, Skinner's the guy because he hasn't been the guy in the playoffs so far. Um, I think they just had no faith in Jack Campbell. Seven eight zero triple four twelve sixty seven eight zero four 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 one two six zero. If you want to grab a line, let's go to uh, let's go to Chris. He wants to talk player safety, like Department of Player Safety. Oh boy, Chris, you're on the air, buddy. Yeah, thanks, Dusty. Just curious, does it come down to like Department of Player Safety will be? I don't know. They'll be kind of run through the motions after the playoffs and they get assessed by their upper, I don't know what it is, management or whatnot, based on, you know, the one game suspension. And then also coming into the officiating, like, is there a review after the playoffs every year? I'm just curious. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'm not 100% sure how it work with the Department of Player Safety. Um, but, yeah, for the officials, I would I would think they, you know, they probably get reviewed after every series. And then the guys who've done a good job sort of move on. And the other guys, and the other guys don't. So that would be, that would be where I come out on that. 
you know, the Department of Player Safety is an interesting one. We had we talked about it with Wyshynski a little bit. You know, Wyshynski had tweeted yesterday. He goes, oh, Drysdale probably was surprised by Petrangelo handshake line because he probably shouldn't have been playing in Game Six. And I think a lot of people would agree on that. Petrangelo was great last night in Game Six, but the Oilers also let that whole incident get to them, and that that's a sign of. I think there has to be, um, and you'll learn from this, and the whole group will mature overall as a team. Like Leon Drysdale twice last night faked two-handed slashes of Alex Petrangelo. What do you think? What do you think Petrangelo's thinking in that situation? He's he's probably laughing because he knows he's in the head of Leon Drysaddle. And the slash was ridiculous. And the slash should have been suspended multiple games. It was garbage, garbage by the National Hockey League. I said it on here multiple times. Go listen to the oil stream on Friday. I I said so many swear words that I had to apologize at the end of the episode because I was losing my mind because of the, on, on a podcast on a podcast, wow. yes. Um but Department of Player Safety is a joke. And Petrangelo should have been suspended for a second game. He shouldn't have played last night. But but as a as a team, as a group, as a group, you you can't let that completely throw you off. And the fact that Drysettle faked a couple two handers at Petrangelo last night, I was like, oh man, you're you're letting him know that he got to you. That one kind of that's just a sign of you know, same situation happens next year. They probably handle it a little bit differently. One of these learning experiences for a team that is still maturing into a championship form. All right, Peter on two. All right, let's go to Peter on two. Peter, you're on the air, buddy. Hey, Dust, how you doing? Go ahead, Peter. Can you hear me? Yeah, I got you, man. Perfect, perfect. Yeah, I just want to talk about this group, how they had a lot of bright spots. I was actually pretty pretty happy with a lot of what I saw during this, this series, but it kind of goes back to what we've seen in past playoffs. It's just the, the apathy that we see sometimes. It's almost like, you know what, we'll just let McDavid do his thing and everybody else is just hang back and watch him do his thing. You know, at this point where this group is, I don't understand how you can't get yourself clicked in for every single game that you play, every single shift that you play. I don't know if that's too much to ask, but I got to think, you know, you're round two of the playoffs, you got a good opportunity this year, and you just can't get yourself dialed in. I think of guys like Nugent Hopkins, you know, he was invisible for a lot of a lot of the playoffs, which is really hard to see because he's been here so long, obviously, right? So mm. that was the biggest thing for me is just is just that apathy. All right, man. Thanks for the call. Let's go to uh let's go to Larry. Larry, good morning, you're on the air. Good, Dust. How you doing? Good, man. Just got a couple points if that's okay. Yeah, of course. So uh Woodcroft is scared to put uh, Campbell in. Uh, does anybody remember when Pittsburgh won those two cups when they went to Flurry, to Murray, to Flurry, Murray? Um, at one point, you you, you got to give him a shot, man. I'm sorry. I think I think Woodcroft also got outcoached. Uh, I guess in the uh, second period, Oilers were out, outscored 11 to two. So what's he saying in the dressing room? All this mumbo jumbo stuff or what? I don't know. It's hard because they had they had the team to win it this year. I'm sorry. All right, Larry. Yeah. Don't 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 get too. Th- I know I know it's tough, you guys. But now we're dropping mumbo jumbos. No, we're dropping mumbo jumbos. <laughs> it's look. Thank you for the call, Larry. I, I mean, the second you know they were good in the second period in the regular season. I mean they just Vegas. 
to be honest with you, Vegas just looked like a team that's won in the playoffs before. And and they have. I mean, Vegas has now got to this spot four times in the last six years. Yeah, and they've had their dark day this moments. This is what the Sith Golden Lord Knights do. Like, yeah, I yeah. mean, they, they, they've been here. Mm-hmm. So... I just think of the two goals last night. And how many times did you see two Oilers wide open in the crease with nobody around them? How many times did you see an Oiler skating straight down the middle of the ice in a five-on-five situation? Nobody's around him, and he bangs home a loose puck. Golden Knights didn't allow the Oilers to have those opportunities. Edmonton did. They allowed 3.5 goals against per game in the playoffs. And I don't care how sick your power play is or how good you are offensively. If you allow 3.5 goals against per game in the playoffs, odds are you're getting eliminated somewhere along the way. All right, let's go to uh, Dave in St. Albert. Dave, you're on the air, man. Hey, Duffy, how you doing, buddy? Good, man. Good. Okay, so there's a couple things here. I could be a little aggressive. Uh, we'll just have some fun with it, though, and I'll try and be positive on it. Okay, okay. So Edmonton's got a really good team. That's number one, okay? Yeah. Number two, it's really hard to win this cup thing. It just doesn't get handed to you. Okay? Yep. Uh, number three, Woodcroft played it safe by putting Skinner in. They should have took the chance on Campbell in that game because he's already pulled the other guy twice. So they should have took the chance on him. You're paying $5 million, right? For this, I think it's five mil, maybe. And it's yeah. okay. I like Campbell. I think Campbell would have been fine yesterday. I really do. But we didn't take that gamble. Okay? He played the safe way by going with what he thought might work for him. The other thing is, somebody called in and said Nuge was he was like he wasn't there. Nuge is so important. He plays the whole season like that, man. He, he's probably the, one of the most important guys on the power play. This is a good team. They have to adjust two little things on this team, and, and then they're on their way, Matt. And the other thing is, is Vegas played, I'll be honest with you, Edmonton's third period, they just couldn't score. That was it. You had a goalie in net that played like road hockey goalie and just would not let his buddy score on him. That's how he played. Whereas Skinner is more technical and slides across composed. But you've got you to be a little bit all over it. I don't blame Skinner. Everybody learned something yesterday. They're going to be a better team for it. And here's the positive, Dusty. You get to watch 15 next year when you buy your tickets, you guys, right? You, you get a whole season of this team. And that's a pretty good team. So there's a lot of positive there, Matt. All right, man. There you go. Dave out in St. Albert. I do think this team's going to be excellent, excellent in the regular season next year. A full year of Ekholm. I, look how good they were after they got hey, Ekholm this oh, year. Yeah. I know it didn't work out in the – but I think they'll be better in the regular season next year than they were this year. I would, I would have to think there has to be some sort of Campbell bounce back. Skinner should only get better. I don't think he's going to yeah. regress. So they should be better in the regular season next year than they were this year. Um, But in the end, none of that matters unless they somehow learn to play defense as a team in the postseason. And and a lot of that stuff don't matter today, obviously. But yes, as, and to go off that color, things to look. I think we look at the opposite side. You mentioned Ekholm, a guy like Vincent DeHarnay. And we had a lot of fun with him on this show, understandably yeah. so. But this is a guy that, too, in his own right, kind of got be figured out. Next year, but yeah. Exactly. So, depending on what you want to do, I mean, I know CeCe's name has popped up. I mean, people buy it. I, I don't think there's going to be a large, you know, roster overhaul or, or Ken Holland really going out there this summer and doing doing a lot of stuff. But I think, you know, another year for a lot of the, the names we mentioned and just the areas we mentioned on this team will will go a long way. And I think Woodcroft is well behind the bench. This is a guy that he was going up against in Bruce Cassidy who knows what it takes. And I think Jay Woodcroft, we'll be discussing this morning a, f- a few 
issues and decisions that maybe he would want back or maybe that we would change. So I, I think for the players as well as as coaching, maybe they, they look at this one long and hard and, and see where they could be better and you return and retool for next season. You can uh, text us. If they want to wait, you can grab them. If they want to wait, they can wait. Um, I know, look, it doesn't it doesn't happen overnight. It's a process. Alexander Ovechkin, how many years did it take? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. It was in Alexander Ovechkin's thirteenth season that the Capitals finally got their hands on the Stanley Cup. And that was a team that was rather ridiculous for a few seasons in there. Um, like really good. Best team in the league, playoff disappointment. Best team in the league, playoff disappointment. And they built and they built and they built. And then they eventually won a Stanley Cup. So I know you don't want to have to wait five, six more years. But sometimes there's some disappointments along the way first, I guess. Uh, all right, we'll continue with your reaction. Phone line 780-444-1260. You can uh, hit us up in the inbox at 101260. We'll combine it all together for another amazing segment of AM Radio. Coming up next. Hey, I'm Nasty with you on a uh, Monday morning. You know, not everybody's down in the dumps. This was great today. The uh, medic dropped off the uh, TSN 1260 AM Nasty jersey. That's right. Yeah. We got an AM Nasty jersey, an Oilers jersey with AM Nasty on the back, 60 on the uh, the number on the back, and then 12s on the arms. Um, then they got done at Pro-Am Sports, dropped it off today for us to sign for him. He's going to come back and pick it up next week. And certainly can be worn, you know, very not cool. Just- outside of the season but here we are crying about our, our stupid little songs not being able to play this yeah, guy yeah. gets his nice big jersey gets his nice and jersey that, made and now man. it's done so uh, hey he'll have it for next year oh yeah uh we'll get to the phones in just one second calling with rob hang on if you want to grab line 780-444-1260-780-444-1260 dusty you just said it vegas has been in the conference finals four of the last six years including going to the finals in their inaugural season how did they manage that without having to suffer through a bunch of learning moments and playoff failures or maybe the narrative that you have to lose in the playoffs before you can win is just BS. Desire is what wins in the playoffs. This team clearly doesn't want it bad enough. I'm not sure they ever will. I have to address this text hmm. because it's hilarious. The narrative that you have to lose in the playoffs before you can win is just BS. And he points to Vegas as the example. Ah. Vegas has lost in a final and lost in the conference finals twice. What are you talking about? They, that's that's exactly what this is an example of. The, the Oilers are like midway through the book. The Golden Knights are just yeah. about like, they've Vegas, already done if, all these chapters. If Vegas wins the cup this year, 100% the story will be, wow, they've been really close a handful of times. Finally got it done. You you contradicted your own point in the same text. That's amazing. They've been to the conference finals in four of the last six years. How did they manage that without having to suffer through a bunch of learning moments and playoff failures? That's exactly what that's been. They lost in the finals. They lost in the conference finals twice. They haven't won anything. And now look at them play last night. That looks like a team that might know how to win because of the playoff failures they've had as a group. It's a silly, silly text. All right, let's get to uh, Collingwood. Collingwood Rob this morning. Collingwood Rob, man, you're on the air. Hey, boys. How you guys doing? Ah, we're doing just fine, man. Good. Uh, normally, I just text in, but I have to call today because after last night's 
post game, that guy Terry talking about trading one of the big names. I I really wish the fan base would just calm down. A lot of the pieces are there. Yeah, it's not the result we wanted. But the fact is we still got into bad habits and that's what cost us. Yep. If we can just clean that up. And I like how you talked about Woodcross refusal on a few things or changing things. Uh, it, it, I think it got into the kitchen of all the players that we weren't rolling our lines like Vegas was. We were trying to just find the fixes as opposed to getting the puck to the net and just crashing the net and let that decide the game. We tried to stick handle the puck into the net too many times and missed the net too many times. There we go. Collingwood Rob. Somewhat of a positive call to kind of like sort of wrap up the reaction segments of this uh this thing. They they're a very good hockey team. They are. Okay, they still have this they still have this ability to shoot themselves in the foot defensively and when they did, they don't have a goalie yet who can step up and still like Stuart Skinner didn't steal a game anywhere along the way in the postseason, right? Like that, that wasn't a thing. He was good in some games, but he didn't go out and straight up win. You know, like, Oh my God, the only reason they won that game that night was because of Stewie. They might have a goalie. It could have been Campbell, but they don't have the confidence, right? Yeah. Campbell wasn't Campbell clearly wasn't an option to start. Clearly that was taken off the menu. You couldn't even order it. So they went with Skinner. Skinner too will learn from this. Skinner's not going anywhere. They just signed him. He's nominated for the Calder. A step in the right direction next year for Stuart Skinner. And the Oilers will be back and and hopefully next year learn how to keep the puck out of their net in the postseason. And if they do that, they will once again, like the next season, I'm telling you right now, next season, top five Stanley Cup contenders, the Edmonton Oilers will be in that top five at the beginning of the year, 100%. That's what they built here. They've built a team that will now be viewed as a contender again. Eventually, you step up from that group of contenders and win the entire thing. They weren't ready to do that yet this year. Maybe maybe they are next year. It's not going to be a roster overhaul. There's going to be a couple of tweaks, and they're pretty much just going to have to run this thing back. They don't have the money to do anything of significance. You got to pay a few guys to keep them around and uh, you know maybe move some salary here or there, but I would be stunned if there's any sort of significant move made in this offseason. Guys, is Skinner the long-term answer? We don't know yet. That's the answer. The answer to that question is we don't know yet. Didn't go well for him this year in the playoffs. Let's let's see how the regular season looks, looks next year. First taste of it. Grand finale is coming up. Sound of the day, text of the day, complaint du jour. All still to come before 10 o'clock this morning. Low Tide, JMO, Matthew Awanek, locked and loaded for 10 o'clock. 9.47 on the Nielsen Show. Dustin Nielsen and Lieutenant are with you. Grand finale. Tis be upon us. Uh, JMO, Low Tide, and Matthew Awanek, locked and loaded, ready to go here at 10 o'clock. How about this guy? How about the nerve of this guy? Cousin Steve. This is Rashog's cousin. Guys, I have to make a confession, even though I know it's not the day for that. In an attempt to please my wife and give her what she truly wanted for Mother's Day, I trimmed my playoff beard yesterday morning. It was shaggy and unruly, but I thought to myself, 
how does this really affect the outcome? Well, I was wrong. I'd like to apologize to Oilers Nation and take blame for the loss fully on my shoulders. Well, somebody stepped up, finally. Yeah. Kind of good. That, that's on you, Cousin Steve, you loser. Take that name to the water cooler with you this morning. <laughs> hey, I hear it's goaltending. No, no, no. Cousin Steve. Uh, yeah. uh, you know who blew it? Rashog's Cousin Steve. Uh, Lieutenant Eric, what did you learn on the show today? Well, we learned the various reasons how and why the Oilers blew it in the series with the Vegas Golden Knights. And as we'll be doing over the next, you know, hours, days, weeks, and months here on this show and the station, uh, we'll find the answers. Mm. Oh, we'll yeah. find the answers. We'll read. We'll, we'll be back and, and we'll get this thing going again. But uh, we're doing a lot of learning this morning in a, in a variety of ways. Sound of the day. Have to do it. Connor McDavid post game last night. You have to remember where you came from. This is why it's important. Hmm? I mean, it was five minutes ago. Um, what was the difference? I mean, they uh, they did a lot of good things. They shut it down. Um, the third period was uh, was clinical. Um, we still had our looks and didn't find a way to get one past them. It seemed like that first period, you really dominated that first period, but you, you, you came out of it just up a goal, I guess. Was that kind of a big difference in the series when you dominated the series and, or dominated stretches, you were only up by, by a goal or still kind of kept them in the game? Um, yeah, I mean, I thought they, they, you know, game five, they had a better second period than us. Game six, they have a better second period and um, we can't claw our way back. Didn't get lots of opportunities on the power play tonight, Connor. What, what do you think from an even strength standpoint? I know you got a couple tonight, but overall in the series, if, if you know, you guys were strong in that regard during the regular season, but what do you think in this series the difference was at even strength? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. Um, I thought a five-on-five game was better tonight than it uh, was all series. Um, no. But it was just the opportunity lost here. Certainly, yeah. You said it. Kenny Holland always talks about at-bats and getting a chance. And third round last year, second round this year. Do you feel like... You know, it must be hard to go through this, but is this just part of a process here? Is this a necessary part of it? Um, it feels like every team that, that wins and goes on a stretch of winning um, kind of experiences this. Um, obviously, it's not not what you want to do, not what you want to uh, feel. Um, that being said, you know, I really feel that uh, you got to go through some of this to uh, to win. Um, I think we've seen that all the way through. It's almost the last time. There you go. Let's hope it's the last time. Connor McDavid, post-game availability last night. Your sound of the day. That's the saddest this show will sound all summer. And maybe it is the last time, as you said. Maybe you yeah. remember this day. Remember, remember this May 15 here. Remember this Remember this clip right here. That being said, you know, I really feel that uh, you got to go through some of this to, uh, to win. Um, I think we've seen that all the way through. It's almost the last time. I thought it was just a media narrative. That's weird. Uh, text of the day today. This is a good one. Came in at 6.01 this morning. How about those Elks? <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. Day two of main camp, man. Day two of main camp. We're going to have somebody from the Elks on the show tomorrow good. morning, 7.45. Get Probably it going. a player. Yeah. Get it going. Just, no, just you know, uh, get on the green and goal and say, what do you mean? Hey, hockey. And just keep going. Mm-hmm. You just, you don't even, nope. you don't even have to just, wallow in the loss. Just keep, just keep, keep moving forward. Somebody yeah. suggested today we put together a Riverhawks win song. I'm for it. Let's go. That is like, a great task for the next month. Just keep it going. That's one of the old home run styles, right? A remix style. 
We just have to figure out what song. Well, look. You rent a tuba. Yeah, I'll We're, we're going to have a lot of fun over the next few months. So I know it's everybody doom and gloom today. I'm promising you by tomorrow morning, we're going to be back on fire. It's going to be great. Uh, complaint du jour. Complaint of the day. I mean, <laughs> you can't find just one today. Everybody's complaining about everything today. Everybody, we'll go this one. All it says is, I blame my wife. It doesn't even say anything else. Huh. That's it. That guy's just complaining about blaming his wife for, for what happened here. We were here for you today, right? You mm-hmm. want to blame, I mean, Cousin Steve blamed himself. I mean, I think you and I were to blame probably at some former fashion in the earlier hours of the show. I think yeah. somebody blamed Garth Brooks. The, the Garth Brooks. That the was Garth the Brooks, blame. of course, yeah. yeah. No, but the year before, I was blamed Nickelback. Yeah. Guys, Oilers out and it sucks. Summertime, and that's great. First day off in weeks, just to crush a grocery shop, listening to my achy breaky playlist. Have a great day and try to find a patio for a beer. And I think that's, that's good. That's the sickler. We've all said excuses. You know, it's playoff times. So oh, you can stay out late. I think for the next week or two or even maybe month, you take this time to kind of, oh, what are you doing? Ah, one more drink because, you know, the Oilers. Like, you exactly. Gotta, yeah, enjoy yeah. it. It's summer. The, the temperatures are here. No, I, uh, I do like that. She's elk season. Let's get horny, boys. <laughs> it's not worried. It's not, they're not, they're not horns. Yeah, get to the, like, they're not horns. Antler up. Antler up. There we go. I'm Rut. here for the confusion. I like this one. Rut this. That's always one of my favorites. All right. People also blaming that guy's wife. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> Is that? We are just over a week away from a Nielsen show draft. Right. There you go. We'll dive into that a little bit tomorrow. Plus, we'll continue to find out who's to blame and who will have to be traded. For Lieutenant Eric, I'm Dustin Nielsen. Thanks for the show today, everybody. Have a great day. We'll talk tomorrow. Take it easy.